0: Hello and welcome to another Guildhall School podcast and today we're here to talk about Paradise Lost, this spring term play, uh, which is written by Clifford Odets and it's here is directed by Wynne Jones and designed by Libby Watson at Guildhall. And I'm really pleased to be joined today by Georgina Beadle and Finlay Paul, who are two members of the cast, uh, lighting designer James McKeown and deputy stage manager Georgia Graham. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about the play? It's, it's one that's not performed very often, so people listening might not be familiar with it. Yeah, um,
1: it's set in 1932 in New York City. Well, actually, no, It Clifford Odets doesn't state a specific city, but that's mm-hmm. where we've chosen to set it, um, during the Great Depression. Uh, and it follows a middle-class family's decline through 31, 33, 34, 35 and... And you see them like relationships break down and, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of loss.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Each and every member of the family and person connected to the family suffers from what's going on outside of the house, but they mm. suffer in their own way of relationships breaking down of money problems, death, uh, losing a home. So it's, it's really interesting how, how different everyone's experiences.
0: And who are, who are you guys playing? How do you fit into the story? Yeah, I'm playing
1: Leo Gordon, who's the the head of the Gordon household. I run a leather goods company with a man called Sam Katz. We've had that business a long time. And, yeah, Leo is such an interesting character, someone who's very quiet and described as shy um, and who keeps a lot sort of deep down in his Got things that want to swell up um he is very conscious morally of, of what the, the situation around him it, with the great depression and things he's very conscious of people who are homeless of people who are worse off than him and he really wants to help people around him but he just doesn't know what actions he can take mm. yeah that's leo
2: and i play pearl gordon who is his his daughter and third child i'm 21 years old and she she's she's a um concert pianist uh so throughout the play you can hear her playing the piano on and off and she is in a relationship with another character called felix and we see the breakdown of their relationship because of outside causes like that there's no work for him so he has to move to a different city Mm. But she she kind of comes in and out a few, a few times. Uh, she's described as being very highly strong, uh, and and a lot of the friends and family of of the Gordon family um, uh, know that she she's famously uh, was taught by a pupil of Lachititsky.
1: Lachititsky. Oh, that that that's the one. Thank you, John. <laughs> exactly. So
2: <laughs> and he, he was a famous pianist. So so yeah, she's devoted her whole life to just a playing piano. Mm.
0: And how have you found exploring those jumps in time as the depression gets worse and things get worse for the characters? I found it fascinating getting to
1: research the time of this piece um, because for, yeah, from the beginning and you and you read the blurb on Wikipedia or whatever and you just Great Depression and to me, it didn't really mean anything until I started doing this, you know, really digging into it. Mm. Yeah, a lot of research we've done into the you know 1929 stock market crash and then how that made the. The banks crash, and and that's when people lost lost their savings and things away, mm. and that's what happens to our family. Um, and yeah, things do just get worse each year that passes. Um, one thing that was really interesting to me was that because the banks um, froze and there wasn't enough money in circulation, it meant that if businesses were struggling, usually they would they'd go to the bank for a loan, say to pay wages or, mm. or cover other costs. But that's just not a possibility. So it's basically. You either don't pay your workers which is just you know you're not going to get things made or uh, or the business goes under and that, and that's what happens. it's just mm. a sort of horrible inevitability about it all and um, but really
2: interesting research in that time yeah yeah and it's it's just a, it's just a whole different world it's the language the the accent the period the history it's a, a different city it's there was a lot of research which had to go into this production but it's been really really interesting and actually we've got someone in our cast who is from new york so it's been really useful getting him to help us with the accent and to um understand a bit more about people who are from new york and um and it, yeah it's yeah
0: hmm. so he's got a full schedule of sort of new york accent yeah. coaching all the time concerts. yeah all yeah, the the time. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah and
0: uh, how have you got on with the language because it's described as quite poetic and quite lyrical almost compared to a lot of other plays which you know quite day-to-day and almost more realistic in mm. in the
3: dialogue
2: yeah we've we've done a lot of like technical work because some of the things the characters say we would never say them and it's mm. just you, you sometimes don't really know what they're saying and on a first reading you look at it you think what is everyone talking about there's so many references to different things and and expressions and it's it can be really hard to understand so actually it's been really useful to to have some very specific techniques to to really dig around and understand what they're saying.
1: it's It's really important to f- try and, even if it is a sort of very poetic line and and it could just seem like it goes for nothing and it's sort of said to the air and mm. and then you you pass that moment. it's it to to find something that's rooted in that because it does come from somewhere or it it comes from what's just happened in the action that you see pr- see previously. But yeah, Odette is so, he's got such sp- specific um, references and things like that that you just can't find anything about. We've had a lot of debates about what does this the phrase mean, that this mm. turn of phrase. And you, we've, we've looked it up and we've sort of just had to guess really on on what's on the context and, and make it make sense for us. So hopefully that relates to the audience. But I don't know, there's part of me that feels like Odette's is... is especially with his other plays as well, the, the way he writes is so specific to his ex- experience mm. and obviously what his experience of, of New York is and things mm. like that.
0: Was he a playwright you were familiar with before or is this kind of your first exploration into it? Yeah, it's, so my, it's my
1: first exploration into it. Yeah, I
2: don't know me about do. you, George. No, I'd I never even heard of yeah. him. Yeah,
1: no, but it's it's interesting looking like another play, Awake and Sing, um, that he's written, which is there's similar, very similar themes, like a lot of writers like very interested in sort of very particular world in mm. this time of the Great Depression
0: mm. and um, there's there's quite a lot of thematic similarities with The Cherry Orchard which uh, we did last time, I wish Georgina was in yeah well. how do you see the two plays comparing
2: yeah I'm seeing a lot of similarities uh, just I mean mainly the main one is just the losses that a middle class family can go through mm. and the relationships between an immediate family and then all the people who sort of are hanging around there and they have similar sort of people like Gus, and then also like Pishik in the cherry orchard, who's always kind of hang- lingering around. And yeah, just it, I think it's just that loss of a home. And and mm. we've done a lot of improvisation on the space and and this house that you've grown up in, and all every piece of furniture and every corner and 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 the wallpaper and everything. Everything has a memory, mm. and then for all of that to just be taken away from you, what what happens to those memories? It just it's it's a really kind of deep thing. The mm. place where you grew up is now just not going to ex- exist anymore.
0: James, you've uh, lighting designed a couple of shows this year here at Guildhall. Mm-hmm. Was this a different experience? They were kind of in the studio theatre, much smaller space, and a bit more yeah. I mean, immediate.
4: Uh, well, ev- every every venue has a completely different challenge, I suppose. Um, in this instance, it's uh, the Silk Street Theatre is a lot a much larger space than the studio, for example. Um, and certainly that size of cast um there's a l- much larger cast in the show than there was in the crimps in the studio um but in some ways that was more challenging the space was a lot more intimate in the studio um but funny enough we've kind of done something similar here in that we've really pulled the seating right in mm. um and the audience are really quite close to the action and close to the thrust so naturally in the social theater it, you're a bit further away from what's going on mm. but here in this instance. That's not quite the case. So it's kind of in a way, whilst it should be very different, being in the street, it's very similar, and a, and a lot of the same rules apply, just for more people and a slightly bigger space.
0: Yeah. How are you guys getting on with the the size of the production and the cast as well? It's probably one of the biggest ones we've done oh, yeah. so far this year. With yeah, it is. yeah. nearly all your, your group. <laughs> it? Yeah. I think I absolutely love it. It's such a pleasure to be in the room with
1: just all your all your mates really like <laughs> coming together to, to do it Um what's interesting is there's not there's not scenes I don't how many people are on stage at once what's the biggest scene it's the uh, I
2: yeah, yeah the it's wedding one probably 10 people ten, so it's yeah.
1: compared mm. to other things like it's not you've not got this you know everyone in the same room Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of time it's uh, sort of pairs or threes and fours but it's just I just always love having a big group of people because when we do exercises or improvisations you just get to watch bits of work that you don't see, you say, because you don't fit into that part of the story mm. and you're off stage, but you get to watch them work. And it's just, I, I find, I always find it so inspiring. Yeah. And, and I, I learned so much from watching other people do it that,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, it really like gets me buzzing to do my bit. Yeah. It's, is so different because the last show that I did was saved. And in that we had, I think we had about 10 of us mm. and that was, that was a lot smaller. All of the scenes were two or three people apart yeah. from a few of them. So this is really different, but it's it's nice. It's also nice to be back working with people who, there are some people who are in this cast who I haven't worked with for about a year. Mm. So it's actually including, I think, Finley. I don't think we've worked together.
0: I don't think we have, George.
2: No, we haven't. <laughs> so, yeah, it's nice to be reunited with people from the year.
0: And Georgia, what's it been like for you as Deputy stage Manager to have a pretty hefty cast for this production?
3: Yeah, um it's yeah it's a lot of bodies to manage and keep track of um so that's been quite a challenge um but it's it's also really fun there's so many more personalities and so many more um you know people that are bringing things to the play and Mm. to the environment working in the rehearsal room so it's really nice um it's it's a much bigger collaboration so it's it's quite nice to have a big um array of people who are all working on one one thing together Mm. um so yeah the the rehearsal room is is always always alive and (laughs) um enthusiastic and things like that so it's nice it's a nice space to be in
0: and does it make it a different process when you've got to deal with that many more people and keep track of them all
3: yeah I mean it does it's just. yeah, it's another thing to think about, I think. Um, you know, if you've got a small cast, it's kind of easier to organise everyone And when it comes to things like fittings and um, hair and makeup calls and, and all those kind of things that, that you need to organise for for the actors for when they're leaving the space. Obviously, mm. the more you have of them, the more difficult that is. Um, so, like, one of the main challenges has been has been trying to work out how we get all these people to different places while still keeping rehearsals going in the mm. room, and and you'll see you'll see in the play. There's a lot of people coming and going to into the space all the time, so you know it's not it's not easy when people have to leave that, um, because there's a lot of crossovers of, of people coming and going. So, mm. um, but yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs>
0: James, over to you. Can you tell us a little bit about how how the plays stage without giving too much away? Uh, yeah,
4: um, so the the play takes place primarily in the living room of a upper class family home in the 1930s um the living room is kind of the center of of most of the action we see lots of visitors to the house um from all different classes and walks of society uh, in the city and
1: we have seating on three sides around the living room there is a lot of furniture yeah. isn't there like um yeah like those, uh, <laughs> chairs around the table obviously and then armchairs here and then lamps mm. and things it's it's very Everything's there that you'd have in a front room at the time.
2: Also, that the space we're going to be in, Silk Street, mm. which is a much big, bigger bigger theatre than Milton Court, and also we're doing it in a thrust. So, mm-hmm. a lot of the work we've done in terms of the yeah. staging has been to do with making sure that you can be seen by all three sides at mm. the same time, which actually is quite difficult when you're trying to focus on the, like where you're meant to be standing, like who you're talking to, and all your kind of acting stuff, and then thinking, oh God, there's about 100 people who can't see me at all so that's been a massive part of it as well
1: it's it's easy to forget when you when suddenly when you go into acting mode yeah acting (laughs) mode you 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 forget that if you were actually in a living room or front room which is where the play is set Mm -hmm. with someone that you don't have to be staring at them you know the whole time when you're speaking to them you'd be doing you'd be what reading the newspaper or Mm. stoking the fire or whatever you know and and just yeah making sure that the audience are as involved in this mm-hmm. or, or part of the room as well
3: really mm.
0: it's
1: been a, it's been a challenge
0: and uh, what's it like going from the rehearsal room into the into the space itself
3: um exciting yeah it's because i'm with the actors all the time and i'm in the rehearsal room all the time i don't get to see as much of of the set being put together mm. and the space the space being being kind of set up and and ready so um often like when i when i go in there with with the actors it's like it's new to me as well mm. Um, so it's exciting, and then you're working with with a whole new group of people because you've got you've got your technical team in there. Um, so it's the first time that kind of the actors in the technical team join up, and then as a DSM, you're you're kind of a link between all of that. So, yeah,
4: it's always quite interesting when the actors first walk into the space, and it's all and you know their sets there, and even though in the rehearsal room, and we're lucky here in that we have quite big rehearsal rooms, and often we can mm. have even bits of the set in the Mm. rehearsal room um even with that and even though they've had a lot they've had a lot of their props they've had a lot of a lot of the set elements there when it's in the space and when it's when it's actually got the stage floor and and all those other elements there there's always a bit of a kind of a wow and i think Mm. for them it's really rewarding because in the space whilst we've all been working on that Behind the scenes for a few weeks, and we've constantly been looking at the model box and and the CAD plans. We and we kind of know pretty much exactly what it should come out looking like. Mm. I think part of their process, they they lose sight of of that slightly, and and then when they walk in, they're like, oh wow,
2: the space is so important on how you play it and even though we are in a nice big rehearsal room and it's all marked up and the seats are all around it's it's just not the same as being in the space so it's mm-hmm. gonna be really exciting to get in there and to judge like how to use your body and your voice in the real in the real thing So really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's
1: always so much there's always something that's just so different when you mm-hmm. go and actually see like what the model box has turned into you know mm-hmm. the, the actual yeah. space so it's, yeah it's gonna be really exciting um, mm-hmm. to see that.
0: And so, what stage of the uh, the process are we are we at for you guys at the moment?
3: So we're going into the space. Myself and the actors and the director. We're going into the space for the first time tomorrow morning. No. Um, it's quite unusual the way that our schedule works on this particular play because um, sometimes the f- well, quite often the first time the actors will come into the space would be the first morning of of technical rehearsals. Um, but luckily, we've been able to have a morning. Um, tomorrow where we can just go into the space and james has has kindly offered to come and, and do some lights for us and um the actors can just get a feel for the for the space and and the scale of it and the audience and all those kind of things um so they can just have a bit of time to um accommodate themselves mm. and then we go back into the rehearsal room tomorrow afternoon and then we start technical rehearsals t- uh, thursday morning busy schedule yeah <laughs>
4: busy schedule I mean it's slightly selfish in me in a way it's 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 a great schedule for me Georgia said it is so unusual of here, and it definitely is but it, it's quite lucky for me in that um where we are we've spent the past uh I suppose week or so now filling up the space getting getting lights up getting lights focused uh and looking at things and that all changes a lot when you get the actors and the final set pieces and the final props in the space and that will all be happening over the next 24 hours so to have the actors in there and then an afternoon kind of alone to then rethink things Mm. is really useful because we then know very quickly that if there's something that might not work or we have the time to relook at that afternoon before we start tech yeah so I think we're quite lucky in this instance and especially as we were saying being the bigger space and that you know there's there's less to get away with Mm. um so it, it will be useful for us
0: and as uh, as lighting designer, what's the creative process been been like for you? What have you been taking inspiration from? Yeah,
4: it's been great. The working with uh, Wynne Jones, director, and Debbie Watson, design has been great. They've both worked together a lot, and are clearly a very experienced team. Um, so joining that's been slightly challenging in a way of kind of they know they both know exactly what what they want, mm. and and their ideas are all very, very both very similar. They're definitely very much on the same page. So coming into that, trying to get on the same page as them and kind of stay there is sometimes hard. But um, now now that kind of we've seen final run throughs and we all know exactly what's going on, it's been great. And the play itself gives a lot of lighting opportunity. Um, it spans a fair time period and there's a lot of changes. So for, for as, a, as a lighting designer, there's a lot of chance to play and to kind of work in rehearsals and, and be quite delicate with mm. what
0: we're doing. And what have you guys enjoyed the most about the the process so far on on this production?
3: I think for me, being in the room from the beginning and seeing it develop. And I remember in the room the first, the very first day of rehearsals, and um, they all the, the actors all got up and and introduced themselves in character and spoke a little bit about their character um, for the first time. And I remember just actually watching them for the first time and being like. Oh okay, like the characters really did kind of come to life, mm. um and then seeing that develop over time and and um you know learning about their relationships with each other and and their backgrounds and kind of m- making it a, a a life story, um I guess. and so yeah, seeing that develop over time has been has been really nice, um so I feel like quite attached to it now, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's been that's kind of been the best thing, I think for me getting to see the whole um from it being born to Mm. to what we take to the stage
4: um similar to george in the sense of it what was really interesting for me was reading the script uh quite a a while back now into now what it is and seeing runs today quite a long time on Mm. a lot of that stuff that goes on the rehearsal room all of the actors work even if I go and sit in rehearsal, it's difficult to see until it all comes together. And and then when you think back to that first reading and what what it is now and how it's come off the page, it's really, really great to see and, and how the actors have brought the play to life in in a sense. Mm. And so for me, getting to work with that and as I, as we've said, in the bigger space with a bigger cast, um, different equipment, you know, it's it's exciting for me to kind of do that, I suppose.
0: And what are you most looking forward to about opening night?
2: Just having an audience, having a full audience. Well, fingers crossed it's full. But I mean, (laughs) I mean, just like because at the moment you kind of got a few people dotted around the Mm. side, but it's always so. You get to a point in rehearsals where you just want people to. You need an audience to respond to and Mm -hmm. to to play to. Exactly. So, and it's going to be quite a like amazing feeling having like people all around us in this enormous space I Mm. think it will really change the way that we play it
1: we've we've seen them, I've seen a uh, I don't know what they call it technically but like a map of the audience in relation to the stage they're incredibly close, like the people in the front row, (laughs) so it's going to be all right, George, we're (laughs) we're meant to be able to deal with that (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but that feeling is just, you feel like you're held with something when there's a big group of people in mm. like you're right when you're doing a scene and there's a couple of people on the side it's a totally different feeling with a room filled of so filled with people um but i'm just excited to put all the work we've done into practice and,
3: mm.
1: and just yeah and just do it mm. yeah
3: i just think that, that an audience reaction just um getting to see how they take it mm. how they take it in and and how they kind of feel about it um obviously i've seen it a lot <laughs> and um i know it really really well um so i think when when we're in there on opening night and it's the first time we've got we've got a crowd of people um watching i think it the atmosphere will be really interesting
4: yeah I'd, I'd agree just there's something about the work that we all put in and the the effort that we've put in for i think longer than people would think mm-hmm. when they watch it you know it's been i suppose by opening night it'll be it would have been about six weeks that we've been solidly working on the play and then there's there's you know months before of of meetings and things mm. like that so you know now for six weeks we've been working solidly on the play so to see that all come together on opening night and as Jordan says to have an audience in there and for all of our work to come together from the actors to the technicians to to everyone
0: um is quite rewarding well, huge thanks to Georgina, Finley, James and Georgia for joining us for this podcast today. Paradise Lost runs from the 23rd to the 28th of March in the Silk Street Theatre and you can get your tickets from the Barbican box office and find out more at gsmd.ac.uk slash events. Uh, you can follow and subscribe to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts and follow us at Guildhall School on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook to see what's going on here at the school. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.